0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you.
1: Hi, everyone. This is George Mizaros with Success Harbor, and I have Chris Guthrie of entrepreneurboost.com with me. Welcome. Thanks, George. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for being here, Chris. For over four years, you've been running your business. Uh, You're running multiple websites, buy and sell sites hire others to develop software, do email marketing, and more. How did you end up getting involved with so many things?
0: Yeah, so I guess it's just kind of everything's been in a, a, a natural progression. You know, I, I started with affiliate marketing, and Amazon is how I started making money primarily. Back before I lost my day job, that's what was paying my bills after I, after I lost the job. And then, so how did you get into affiliate marketing? What
1: was your journey there? How did how did you come about? How did you learn about that?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I I this is years ago now, but I saw a website that was a, it was a video game related website. I play video games sometimes, although less now that I have children. But um the basically, I saw these ads on the bottom of a site, and I thought you know, how much are these ads making this, this guy? So I emailed him and asked how much this, the ads are making him. And he think he said like two or $3 a day. Uh, but that was enough for me to think, okay, if I can get a lot of traffic to a website, then I could make more money, um, with ads like this. And so that's kind of where, what started me down, set me down the path to try and build websites. And then eventually I, I decided to build out, uh, Product review websites, and and I specifically focused on Amazon affiliate marketing with those uh, product review websites. So that's kind of really what got me started with Amazon with affiliate marketing in general. And then since then, I've expanded to doing other types of affiliate marketing and selling my own products and, and all that as well. And uh,
1: the product review websites, how did you get that idea? Was were there not enough, or you
0: thought you could improve what's out there? I mean, it was kind of an unoriginal idea, but I basically just thought, you know, I'm kind of struggling with these other websites I was building. I had some, I have, uh, I had these old forums that were about different types of video game topics, and I thought, you know, I'm struggling to get people to, um, you know, to get a lot of money from these. I think I had half a million page views a month for one site, and it was only making me $500 a month in AdSense. Uh, so, I mean, that's quite a bit of traffic for very little earnings, so... I basically thought, you know, what I, what can I do where the value of the visitor is much higher? And that's where I kind of get back to the idea of the unoriginal thought that maybe a product review website would make sense. So that's kind of why I, I went into that direction and then uh, went from there.
1: And so it's interesting you bring that up because I think many people that are – interested in starting a business or are in business, want to come up with the best idea, the greatest idea that nobody ever heard of or something, <laughs> something brand new. What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, actually, I have a good comment to that. Uh, if I don't see someone else is already doing the idea I'm interested in doing, then I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, there are very few truly unique, never-before-done ideas and along with those you know there's usually a huge amount of education that it might take to educate the market but i mean a lot of them are just kind of extensions upon existing ideas right so if you go back to like skiing you know someone was they you know, someone started invented skis and they started skiing and then someone thought you know what if we combine the two two planks together into a single board and now it's a snowboard i mean that's not I mean it's an expansion upon an original idea but it's I don't know maybe it's kind of a little off tangent but <laughs> uh, yeah but I mean you yeah. know it's uh it's
1: I don't know if do you think people are afraid of competition or they don't think it's enough just to do something better than somebody else already does
0: I mean I think it's uh, I don't know I mean I think that's a tough question I think that the the natural response if you see a bunch of people doing something is that, okay, well, if there are a lot of these companies out here doing this, then there's probably no room for me. But my response is always, okay, there's a lot of companies doing this, so I can probably make money doing this as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. That's, that's interesting because I think some people would struggle with that, but I, I believe you and, and, I, and I agree with you, actually. How do you get into the uh, software development area?
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was making money from Amazon and there are some things that were annoying to me about creating affiliate links using their platform. You know, you'd have to go to amazon.com, search for the product you want to promote, click a button that says link to this page, then click another button, to select link type, then copy that code and then paste it back into your WordPress post. So it's just a lot of unnecessary and, and kind of long steps to do that. Uh, so we made a plugin and it's um, easyazon.com is the plugin. And... And what that does is you can look search for products to promote from Amazon um, on within your actual blog posts themselves. So we basically skipped that step, and then we started. And you know that was kind of the first version. And then since then, because that product was first released back in 2011, um, we've done multiple different versions, uh, several dozen free updates, and then just constantly improved the software. Easy Easyazon. Any other
1: software that you're working on?
0: Yeah, the main thing that I'm working on this year, and, and I expect to be working on for the next several years, is is boostwp.com. And boostwp is, uh, you know, I, I thought about, I've had a lot of experience with websites and making money with them, and 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 it's also particularly too when I buy websites, getting them to make more money. And so, uh, I wanted to focus on creating a, a service where we would have a lot of different plugins that help with. Very specific areas um around marketing, so traffic generation, lead generation, and then website monetization so easy Azon would fall into that that last category, so that's kind of what booster v p is and then we have like a yearly or a monthly subscription for that, and then we make a new plugin every month or an upgrade to an existing one okay and um
1: you also I also read uh, that email marketing is also part of your revenue stream are those related to you know the software that you have or the affiliate uh marketing that you do or have done or is it something
0: separate entirely uh it's both actually it's it's both of those um I can probably chase back I I'm actually in the process I want to write uh we're going to be releasing a a new like lead generation plugin uh in the coming months And so I want to write a series of blog posts on my blog about email marketing. But uh, I haven't pulled up the numbers, but I'm pretty sure I've done over a million dollars in revenue from my email um, list specifically. So uh, email marketing and building an email list is probably the single best thing I've ever done for my business. Because, um, and it's what's weird is that so many people uh, don't do it. I don't understand. Uh, But it's it's you know if I if I publish a blog post. And I don't send out to my email list. Uh, it might get you know a handful of comments because I don't have a lot of people subscribed. Um, you know I've you know several thousand followers on Twitter, but that's not a huge amount. And you know I have a lot of people on my Facebook page. But if I send them an email, then that's something that people check pretty much on a daily or near daily basis. And so I can get you know several hundred comments. Or if I'm promoting a product, then then obviously I can get a lot of people to look in and buy that way. I don't even promote products. Really on Twitter, anyways, or or Facebook, because it's just email is so much more effective. It's more,
1: more networking Twitter than uh, than try to promote something.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's more of what I use it for at least, and I kind of use it to check up on what other people are doing. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really it. It's just I I use it kind of as a, a way to see blog posts uh, or read interesting articles from people, and that's that's always use it for. I mean, if I I think I've tried a while back to use like a a tracking ID to see if any of my any sales would come from my Twitter feed and it was like maybe one or, or nothing whereas you know I could send them my email list and generate several hundred so
1: mm-hmm. now you mentioned that you're working on a lead gen plugin what is it that you think is not done currently with the plugins that are out there and what do you think are the crucial parts of a of a good plugin or or the best plugin or yeah. I don't know how much of it you can give away, but you know, that would be really interesting to me because there's so much of them out there, so many of them out there.
0: Yeah, I mean I I, I don't want to say everything. I mean, not that anyone will someone will listen to this and try and copy uh, the idea or anything like that. I'm not worried about that. Um uh, but I'm actually finalizing the rest of the spec, the initial spec um, for my co-founder. He's working with me on every plugin that we do for Boost WP. And so I'm actually finalizing that today, but basically, so I don't know every everything that's going to be in it, but all I know is that um, we're going to set it up so that the people that are using it correctly will be able to h- generate huge, huge returns on their investment in p- purchasing the software. And um, I don't know if I can really go into more specifics other than that. Uh, a lot of the way the plugins work now is okay, but there's a lot of things that no one's really done before uh that we're going to do that that will combine elements of other marketing that that works really well but um yeah so that's kind stay of stay tuned stay yeah. tuned okay <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it's just you know i i like to think that because i have a lot of experience with websites and and generating revenue from them and, and growing them that um the software that i help to architect and in, in the, in the idea of of coming up with what should be done with it uh you know it's kind of a marketer coming up with these ideas as opposed to a programmer thinking this is a problem that needs to be solved but not knowing anything about the marketing side. Yeah. So that's where I think the strength is. So
1: also about improvement like like you said earlier, you know, something's out there but you know, make it better.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, um I I want to talk about focus a little bit. What what is your take on staying focused in business? I mean, you you do several different things which, you know, you made it work for your business, but do you think uh, you think uh it's better for people to stay focused maybe on one thing like either affiliate marketing or buying and selling sites or building software how do you feel about that yes
0: i mean i guess i would i would give an example um you know i've been self employed now for it'll be five years in October and you know i'm I'm generating a pretty solid six figure income that keeps growing but a lot of the people that I've stayed in contact with that left their jobs around the same time as me, uh, many of them are earning seven figures a year. Uh, and and actually every example of the people that I know, that and it's there's only a handful, there's not a huge amount of people, but of all the ones that are doing that, they've all focused in on, on one thing. And then they're just focused on improving that thing over and over again. And that's really what they're doing. So that's kind of why uh, after seeing that, even with just in my own kind of internet friend group, uh, and then knowing that i have been kind of running all over the place doing all sorts of things, that's when I decided I wanted to, rather than just have a lot of different plugins that are kind of all operate separately, I wanted to build a business that, you know, is that one thing that I can focus on. So that's kind of um, what I'm doing, and that's what I would suggest. I think that if you get distracted by doing too many different things, then you might not uh, get the progress that you really need. Uh, that said, I'm still trying to find ways to do those other things, but to not have to do the the same amount of time investment so like I'm looking at building out some new websites, but I'm looking at hiring on people to help build them for me and then kind of teaching them about it um through my blog or whatever. so that's like an example of how I'm trying to still dabble in other areas but not let it distract me from my primary business how much How much do you outsource now? I mean, you
1: know you've been in business for about four years and what do you think about outsourcing and are you able to do any of it and if yes, you know, what, what is it that you outsource? What what do you think we should start with outsourcing?
0: Yeah, I think that the key is really to look at and this will be different for every person, but um especially based on maybe what their earnings are. You know, if they're trying to they're at a corporate job right now and they're trying to break out and do their own online thing, then you've got to look at the return on your potential investment, or if you actually are already making money, you know, look at your actual return on investment um, by doing everything yourself. And so for me, like customer support, answering every email, especially when it's, I forgot my password or how do I download this product? Or can you show me where the help videos are answering emails like that? I don't need to be involved with. Um, And to a certain extent, I can probably get to the point where I don't need to answer any of those emails. I can just be, I can get, just get a report from my customer service reps and then that'll help us to determine, you know, which new features to do and which problems people might be having. So how we can improve the process. Um, So I would say really anything. I mean, I'm trying to get to the point where I only work Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Saturday, uh, Sunday, I take off. And uh, especially now with, you know, we, my wife and I just had two um, twin girls in January of this year. So congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So they're you know, I'm realizing that I, I can't get as much work done as I could before. And so the only way to really do that is to hire out, um, to help out with that. So, you know, I have a a guy that does graphics for me. He's based in Mexico. I have, uh, a guy that does copywriting for me. That's, uh, I can't remember where he's based actually. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I, the developer that I work with, um, co-founder, he's based in, uh, Vegas. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's really important to to think about the ROI or the potential ROI, um, where you can focus on the things that will do to the, to the most impact for your business. I want to talk about reinvesting
1: or investing some of your revenue back in your business. How do you determine how much of your revenue will you reinvest?
0: Well, for me, it's kind of been uh, a mixture. So, um, I. I pay myself pretty well um, from the er- the earnings that I make, and but I also try and keep my personal lifestyle really cheap. Um, so we, for example, we bought a house for $130,000, but I make well over $130,000 a year, so pr- we'll probably pay off the house this year. Uh, but I do that because it allows me to invest that much more into my business. So I guess to answer your question, I try and invest as much as possible. Um, uh, I, I do some investing outside of that, like into mutual funds and ETFs and all that. Uh, but really my best returns have come when I've bet on myself. Uh, and, and so sometimes there've, there've been flops, you know, but as there always will be, uh, but I try and invest as much as possible, um, be, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that, you know, especially if I'm, if I'm building a business and, and want to grow it, then, uh, investing in either the people that, Work with me, or, or whatever is gonna give me the best returns. In terms of scaling, how do
1: how should we go about scale our business, or maybe in your business, uh, when you you know I read that you, you know you you know you want to buy uh, more sites and, and and sell them and all that. I don't know, you know, maybe with that or affiliates or whatever. How do you look at scaling?
0: Yes, yeah, so I think that there are different ways that you can scale in any type of business. So I guess if we look at the buying and selling websites, I think the best way for me to scale with that would be to probably find investors that could help me buy the websites. And then uh, that way I don't have to risk my own capital and I can focus that capital on the software business businesses that I'm growing. Um, and then also so that I can buy larger websites because, you know, I, like I, for example, I bought a site, um, uh, a couple of years ago for a little under $15,000 and I sold it at the end of uh, last year for $42,000 and then I earned about 30,000 while I owned it. So in total, I made about $55,000 from this website and I paid someone else to write the content for it. So I basically just kind of collected the checks for that site. Uh, and while that was a, you know, that was a nice sale. It's still not like a huge, um, like, not like a huge business, I guess, you know? And I think that to really scale up the, Buying and selling websites business, i need to probably get uh, access to a lot more capital and buy bigger, you know, place bigger bets, I guess you could say. Um, so I think it kind of depends on the business. I think for the software business, then I could look at hiring on a different, uh, hiring on more programmers so we can release software faster, uh, and and then also too looking at more ways to get distribution. So there's a lot of things we're trying to do to get as many people using our software as possible. Um, because I feel like if, if and what I've found is that once people start using what we're building, um, they tend to buy other stuff that we make because you know we make good products, we keep them updated, so they, you know they're never going to be left with something that just stops working. And then uh, we're always improving them too. So, so how do you make a decision between holding a
1: site, and buying a site, or selling a site? Because you mentioned that, and I, I read on your blog you, you had a you had a really nice sale. Uh, of a, of a site that you sold last year and, uh, or how do you decide, you know, uh, I want to grow this or I want to sell it and then, and then go bigger.
0: Why not grow the one that you already have? I think there's a, there's kind of comes a point where you've taken it as far as you can go or as, as far as you want to go. Um, so with that site using just, I guess, continuing that example, uh, That site wasn't in a space I knew even anything about. I couldn't even have written the content about the site because I knew nothing about it. That was just kind of a way to show that you can buy a website in any space and you can hire someone else to help you um, run it. Uh, But I guess just kind of going along the other themes I was sharing about focus and trying to focus in on the software business, it would make more sense for me to take those profits and then reinvest into buying websites related to the core business I'm trying to build. Um, so I guess it just comes down to what you're trying to accomplish. A lot of the people that I know that buy and sell websites, um, they try and buy within a specific niche, but because it's just so difficult to find quality websites worth buying, I, I liken it to real estate investing where, you know, people talk about, oh, they can rent the house they're living in if they, you know, if they move somewhere else, but really there's only a handful, you know, small percentage. Of houses actually worth renting, if you look at the numbers and really kind of calculate them out based on your maintenance fees and vacancies and all that, and so it's kind of like that with websites, where it's hard to find websites that are really worth, you know, buying and, and building and growing. So, yeah. On that note, um, how
1: do you find sites? Uh, that are that are valuable and it's worth money because you know if you look at uh, businesses for sale, for example, I I don't know if if you've been looking at businesses, but they're in my opinion many times you know really grossly overpriced. So how do you find something that's good value? Um, as you, as you said, it's, it's you've been doing this for a long time, but even for you, this is very complicated. What, what's your advice on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that. I think it's a challenge. I mean, I do think that a lot of people overprice um, what it is they're trying to sell. I kind of combat that a little bit by looking to buy from people that aren't actually out there advertising to sell. Um, So I would be like researching different niches that I'm interested in uh, and seeing, you know, if there's sites to buy. Or also just kind of making people aware of the fact that I'm interested in buying websites. Um, So like through my blog, I have contact forms where people can email me. And that's how I bought um, uh, a lot of my sites as well. Uh so there's I guess there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, but yeah, I mean it is challenging. I guess my main advice though would be to not really buy something, and then you can see a way to really you know scale up and in, drastically improve the website or business or whatever it is to really justify your investment into that that entity.
1: Okay, And what is your strategy for finding buyers? Uh, are buyers finding you, or you actually seek them out
0: proactively? Uh, well I mean, I really don't sell that often. I usually I prefer to buy and hold. I like to think about uh, buying a site and then holding on to it for a long period of time. Uh, But in the case where I've sold, it's been uh, like the first time I sold a site, a bigger site, at least it was a six figure sale. And I just said to myself, you know, this is as big as I think it can get. And at this point, this is a huge chunk of my income. Um, This website, so I should probably sell and just kind of use that money to diversify and do other things. And so that's what I did with that one. Um, But then with the other site, the more recent sale, uh, that was one where the buyer just found me basically. So I didn't, and in that case, I can't say specifically which company bought it or anything. But I, I guess the main thing I would say is that it it wouldn't be an example that I could share that would really help anyone because it just kind of came to me because of the buyer knowing me. Okay. And, and in terms of uh, being a successful Amazon affiliate,
1: what is your strategy for finding the right niches? I think sometimes people struggle, they don't even know where to begin to look for a, a niche to to go after.
0: Yeah, so in the past I'd say going after product keywords, but Google's made Google's made changes and that's the thing too that I would suggest is that if you're in the niche website space or even kind of authority style websites, you've got to be able to stay uh, apprised of the updates that Google makes. And you've got to be constantly changing and shifting your, your strategy for your business because Google is always kind of fighting lower quality sites. So now it's a matter of building a higher quality site. And so when it comes back to the niches question, um, then you're looking at trying to target different types of buyer keywords and review style keywords. So best or reviews and then whatever your product category might be. Uh, and then two, you've got to, coming back to the SEO angle, it's a lot of these niche type sites, you know, there, there's no one that would actually the really link to a site like that. And, and for the time being, that's how Google Google's algorithm um, largely determines which sites are ranked for different keywords. So you've got to find ways to manually build links to your site. Now, some of those methods can be a little more gray area or or black hat area, I guess. (laughs) But um, I guess that's something that whoever's listening or however you think you can do it can can decide. (laughs) Okay.
1: And in terms of uh, skill sets for entrepreneurs – Where would you like to improve yourself in terms of your your entrepreneurial skill sets? And what do you think are some of the most important ones for success? And I'm not talking about anything specific like WordPress, knowing WordPress or SEO, but more general entrepreneurial uh, skill sets.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, what to improve would be probably time management uh, because, you know, I have – I have to do lists on my computer that were from January of this year with items that are important to do, but I have yet to do yet <laughs> to finish them uh so i mean i that's actually something that i this month I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out some type of time management system that I can try, whether it's the you know getting things done or something like that, you know one of those systems because I just I don't think I can do what I'm doing anymore (laughs) Uh, where I have all these different things I'm juggling all at the same time. Um, So, yeah. So for me, I guess time management is what I'm primarily working on Uh, and then also just a willingness to to continue to try new things. Um, As an example, uh, paid marketing isn't something I've ever really done before. But again, going back to the example of the people that I know that are doing seven figures a year on up, they're all doing paid marketing in some capacity. So I think just being willing to step out of your comfort zone, and uh, those are, I guess, the two for me. I think for overall, for entrepreneurs uh, and people that want to become entrepreneurs, I think it's just uh, a willingness to try something, even in the face of knowing that you're likely to fail at the first, first time, uh, or at least you might fail on certain components. So I think you have to be, you know, willing to just, just start. And then, um, if you fail, (laughs) keep trying new things because, uh, now I, I mentioned at the beginning that in October, it'll be my, you know, half decade that I've been doing this and every year I've been able to grow my business. Uh, but what people don't see are the years before that when I was trying all sorts of different things. And failing all the time and that's I mean that's part of why I started my blog was to try and help cut the learning curve down for people that you know are trying to do similar types of online things uh, like I'm doing so uh, I I, that's that's what I would say do you you recommend that model to
1: start on the side start part-time instead of you know just going right into the middle of it and, and and you know try to to build a business
0: yeah, I mean, I guess it's weird cuz I I was doing it on the side and with the intention that one day I would leave my job and do it full time. And uh to give some real numbers based on my experience, you know, I was at a sales job and I think I was on track to do or maybe I did earn like $60,000 that year. And that was after commissions and my base pay was like 40,000. Um but, you know, the revenue I was doing for that company was you know, I made them like a million dollars or something like that uh but anyway so like the the money that i was making there was you know decent for for a, a, my age and the website income had started to pass it and so in the fir- and so i i probably would have waited a little bit longer before leaving my job but because i got fired and you know i kind of had to go you know i didn't have a lot of savings because at the time my wife was in master's school and so it was just me um working and then doing this stuff on the side uh, to try and provide additional income and eventually a new job. So uh, I personally think that building something on the side and getting some initial traction is important. Uh and then also too it just depends on your savings and and your t- risk tolerance. Um at the time I was a lot younger and I figured worst case scenario I, it fizzles out and I can get another job. Uh and best case scenario I can keep growing and and go from there. So I would say the side. If you can start on the side, that's better. Unless you have a lot of money, then you can maybe just try leaving your job and, and go into it full time.
1: So, based on your your experience as an entrepreneur over the last, I don't know, four or five years, where do you think the most significant growth will occur in your company uh, in the next few years, and and how how will you respond to that, or or, or what kind of a
0: change do you think will that require? Uh, I think that's tough because I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I have a general idea of what we can do, um, through the boost WP, uh, website. That's the one that I'm primarily focused on this year. Um, we're going to be doing, uh, a blog. So we're going to be paying writers to write blog posts for, so we have like a content marketing strategy, uh, for getting traffic that way. And then following those, those visitors through to potentially buy our software if it fits their needs, uh, we're going to be doing a podcast as well. Uh, and then we're also going to be doing product launches each month for the new plugin that we release. So that'll be outside of the Boost.WP area. And then so we'll generate some initial revenue there. And then we'll be able to get some customers to decide to upgrade and, and stick with Boost.WP as a membership type service. So there's a lot of different angles that we're trying to approach. Um, but that's that's kind of the goal, I guess, is we're just trying to create – a really powerful service that um, that I mean, our goal really is to just more, well, you know, well and above provide more value than it costs for people to use our software, and then that way people will will be you know happy to pay it type of thing.
1: You mentioned uh, content marketing. You know, we hear a lot about content marketing, but I don't I don't hear so much about content distribution. Uh, what, what is a good strategy, or what are some good strategies for for content distribution?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I guess beyond publishing within your blog and and trying to get as many people to read it, both through sharing mechanisms with you know on site and then also through promotion to your email list and all that. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really know. I mean, I think that there are other types of things you can do like syndication, but I don't have any experience with that personally that is something that I thought about doing is to see if I could you know some of my better articles if I could try and syndicate them on some of these larger business style websites that have huge amounts of traffic um, but yeah I mean I guess that that is still something that I I could improve um, distribution, so I don't think I have a really good answer, i guess <laughs> okay, yeah, I appreciate that. I have uh, only
1: two more questions i know we're we're close to that uh thirty minute mark, so um, I appreciate you uh uh sticking with me for a couple of more minutes uh the My next question is what are some mistakes that you made in the uh in the last six months or last year, and how does it help your business today
0: yeah, so <laughs> I was working on a a blog post about my mistakes, and I've been working on it for the past uh, for a long time, actually, because I keep remembering um, more failures. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, I guess uh, the the biggest failures I think in the last six months to a year I think kind of stem from just moving too slowly. Uh, So, there are different aspects of my business that you know I I've just I've been content to kind of cruise control. Uh, And I think that not really putting the pedal to the metal, I guess, to use like the cheesiest example, (laughs) Uh, you know, I, you know, not really trying to accelerate growth. Um, I think that's some of the biggest mistake, I guess, for me is to to just um, not really keep pushing really hard, I guess. Okay. I don't know, it's kind of hard to give a specific example, but uh, I guess that's how I'd answer it.
1: <laughs> but somehow you feel when you're not pushing hard enough, or when you look back, you you can tell that you know I could have done more, or I could have pushed harder.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's just it's hard because you know there's there's always the there's always the idea that oh I could do better, or you know my business could be doing better, or I could be earning more or whatever. But uh, I think. You know to contrast that, you also have to put into perspective you know just how great life can be versus how how hard it is for people especially in other countries as well uh but I guess when it comes to business side, yeah, that's something that comes up sometimes is thinking about what I could do to you know you know what you know just thinking of opportunities that were there and that I didn't really dive into and push very hard, I guess.
1: I appreciate that. Do you have any last words of wisdom, maybe for someone either that starts out or somebody just wants to take their business to the next level? Maybe something that I haven't asked, but you think is very important.
0: You know, I think that the the biggest thing is I you know I have a podcast as well, and I mentioned this at the end, but uh, for people listening, it's easy to to think that you're doing something by listening to a lot of podcasts and. You know trying to learn as much as you can before you get started but ultimately if you just listen to podcasts or become an expert at listening to podcasts as i mentioned at the end of one of my shows uh, then you're really not gonna move make any strides towards building your own business and, and achieving your own goals uh, so i think that as corny as i guess it sounds you just have to start something uh, and you're gonna fail and i like to say i failed my way to success and I got as many of those initial failures out of the way until I found something that worked and then I improved on what worked. Uh, but you really just have to, to do something, you know. If you really if you're starting and you're listening, that's that's what I would suggest. How can people connect with you? Yes, yeah, so I think the best way would be just through my blog. It's entrepreneurboost.com. And then also I'm on Twitter at Chris Guthrie, and then I guess the the plugins and software I mentioned before was EasyAzon.com, which is that Amazon WordPress plugin, and then BoostWP.com, which is the primary business I'm focused on where we create software that helps people with their marketing for their WordPress-powered websites.
1: Do you have a a website uh, for your uh, upcoming Legion plugin or not yet, where people could go
0: to sign up or put in their email to be notified? Yeah, best way would would just be to go to BoostWP.com. There's an email opt-in on the front page, and that's where you'd find out when it becomes available. So, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, Chris, appreciate your time, and uh, it was really good information, and let's stay in touch. I'd love to speak with you maybe a year from now, see how these projects are going. Awesome. Thanks, George.